All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. 30 minutes of live non-stop Leafs talk starts now. Greetings to all of you with those Halloween hangovers on this uh, November 1st, Tuesday. But uh, things do move on here, certainly in Leafs Nation. It's Nick Alberga and Jay Rosso with the Tuesday edition of Leafs Morning Take. How you feeling today, Rosie? Feeling better? Oh, just shaking off the... The candy hangover and uh, the trick-or-treating. It was a uh, good night out west here. We're going to get to something momentarily. Don't fret, but a couple things i got to do. Subscribe, smash that like button, leave us a review. Uh, don't forget to visit theleafsnation.com for the very latest happening. Again, Leafs back in action on Wednesday when they host the Philadelphia Flyers. Got any thoughts, comments, concerns, or questions? Hit us up in the chat, the YouTube chat down below, and we'll get to them a bit later on in the show. And as mentioned, uh, Toronto back in action. They might dodge a bullet on Wednesday, by the way, because Philadelphia is in action on Broadway tonight, which means no Carter Hart expected for that game in Toronto. Felix Sandstrom, the backup, the expectation so far. But again, you just never know with John Tortorella. Before we jump into everything, though, we, we got to address something here on the show. So last night, I'm just chilling out a three-game slate. I lost my bet, by the way, at the Carolina puck line, but whatever. You're going to win some, you're going to lose some. But Rosie fires off a text, and I pause for about 5 to 15 seconds wondering what in the hell he just sent. And no, it wasn't an OnlyFans pick. It wasn't a picture of his toes. Alex, can we put this up, please? 
So we talked about this to wrap up the show yesterday, Rosie. And I'm, I'm not even sure if you remember sending this picture, but we talked about this yesterday. You know, I asked you, are you going to dress up? Because, of course, you got the kids and Halloween and, and everything's going on in the neighborhood. So you decided to dress up. But my question for you, what in the fuck were you? Okay, well, that's post-trick-or-treating. <clears throat> so I'm not in full garb. But what I've done is, you know, November 1st is opening opening day deer season. So I go down to the basement. I dig my hunting gear out. I wear that trick-or-treating. It's the warmest stuff I own. I cruise around with a spiced rum, and I'm warm as could be. I've convinced my wife that she looks cute as a deer, so she dresses up like a deer. And then after trick-or-treating, all my hunting gear is laid out, and I'm ready to rock November 1. So that was post that, but um, I don't know, something going on with trick-or-treating these days where a lot of houses in my community have shots of booze for the parents, and it just gets dragged out till Lord knows when, the trick-or-treating. And uh, kids are getting older, so they don't shut her down too early, and... All of a sudden, uh, I'm sending pics around like that, apparently. Yeah, I could only wonder what other pictures you're sending around right now. But yeah, like the context had to be there with this one. I just knew it when I saw the picture. We won't even address what's going on with the hand there. But it's just more so like, you know, what were you? What was sort of the mentality behind this costume? It makes a lot of sense. We're, we're, we're into the, to the month of, of November, and, and that does make a lot of sense. I, I got to ask you, too. Your shot of choice. If you had one shot before you died, what would it be of? Ooh, shots. I'm not a shot guy. I just like no. to just go going slow. But um, oh, I just remember prairie fires. You ever done a prairie fire when you turn Ooh, 18? Yes. Passage? Oh, man, I remember that. I had to, used to have the fake teeth flipper. And after my 18th birthday, I had to go I had to go back to the bar I was at and dig my teeth out of the flower bed because they were still there in a, oh. in a pile the pile of guts. Yeah, that, that'll get you. It's like tequila, right? I think we all had our day in the sun with tequila when we were like 18, 19, 20. And men, I can ju- just a whiff of tequila, I'm done. Like I'm out of there. I'm not even it's looking funny what at it. it. Does. Yeah. <laughs> what are guys ripping around in the show? Like when, when, you, when, when you go out, like are more guys, you know, sophisticated? Do they like to like sip on something or are they just heavy into it? Uh, same shit as normal, man. Guys will yeah. do wine at dinner. Wine at dinner is always a thing. You know, I, it's, you always get the guys that, uh, you know, you pick the wine and they go through it as if they know what the hell they're talking about. You could get bottom shelf and they're not going to know any difference, but some guys <laughs> fancy themselves, fancy themselves a wine connoisseur, but, uh, you know, just normal stuff. And then, <clears throat> you know, spice rum, little, little rye, vodka, this or that, but mostly beer guys to be honest it's same shit as anyone else they're all everyone in the show is a is a good small town canadian kid you know or from wherever they are and then you got your european dudes and it's just what you'd expect the best thing about going out with show guys which i've done a couple times in my life there's always this need this fixation to order like 70 drinks when there's like three of us it's never made sense in my world i don't know if you're the same guy we're the same guy we're your teammates the same type of guy but you enter the bar, it's A, either, okay, what do you want to drink? I'll say like a vodka seven, but then they'll show up with 20 vodka sevens or it's just right to Bobby bottle service where just a bottle of, of Grey Goose, let's do it. There's never an in-between for me. Well, fuck. I remember the uh, the rookie parties, man. But yeah, like they'll order, I don't even know what it is, like Louis the 13th or Louis the 18th <laughs> or some shit, some 
some outrageously priced drink and these guys like always the veteran guys sit there and sip on their louis the 18th or something like 500 bucks a drink or something and then half of them are just sitting on the table half drank at the end of the night just juicing the bill juicing the tab yeah. but uh that's yeah. one night where you actually got to pick one up uh, a big tab but normally those guys yeah they uh you go out and there's there's no shortage of drinks and guys that are making lots of money are always super super um what do you call it? They're just really kind and they are, they're always, uh, generous, generous with, with their picking up tabs and buying drinks and whatnot. And when you're young and, uh, and you're running around the bars and there's just no shortage of booze and girls are coming along and blah, blah, blah. You got to stay away from the married guys are always trying to mm -hmm. hide somewhere because it's just about too easy when, uh, when the money's flowing around and guys are buying drinks and you're out in boat, it's, uh, it's always a good time, but you know, it's what you'd expect generosity is certainly the name of the game and i do expect that from you when you come down in uh, late january and we rip a couple of my favorite establishments here in toronto but a good primer for the show again we're feeling a bit more optimistic than we were yesterday so let's get over the boards all right rosie as you see down below with our beautiful graphics we're going to do some surprises some disappointments we're going to look at the month of november because we know the statistics and we wonder if the history can replicate itself from last season with the toronto maple Leafs. but we'll start with surprises you can go first here yeah surprises i mean <clears throat> i can't say i'm too surprised by it because i thought there's a good chance that one of our two goalies was going to pan out um and obviously that hasn't happened with matt murray one game in he goes down with an injury um known for being injured you'd think he uh you know would have been on the track to be in healthy for halloween yeah he's a band-aid it, it appears that way hopefully it's not <laughs> a theme and you can get it out of the way early but samsonov for me um you know Coming into the season, all we talked about was goaltending. Like, will we get goaltending? That's our main theme. That's our main issue. Everything else is sound as could be. And, you know, lo and behold, October's over. And Samsonov is just as solid as you could ask for. Every game that I've seen him play, um, he's not even been close to an issue as far as not producing. And watching him in net, he looks square. He looks sound. Um, he's big, he's in position all the time and he's bailed us out, you know, more than, more than once this year, um, games where, you know, he's getting peppered, he's getting odd man rushes, he's getting breakaways and he's turning a lot aside. I can't think of one game where we said, you know, if Sammy was, would have shown up tonight, we could have had that win. Um, it's always kind of been the opposite. So I'm really happy with, with Samsonov right now. Um, he's been solid and, you know, you call it a surprise or not. He's, you know, he's a first rounder who didn't get, you know, the lick that he wanted in Washington. And I don't know, what, what have you, what have you seen out of him? Did you, I know that your expectations were not high and you weren't a big fan of the Murray signing, but you know, like yeah. we said, there's kind of that one, two punch. If one's not going, at least we got a second chance with, with our backup. And now Sammy's our starter right now. And he's looked pretty good to me. Are you, are you happy with him? Oh, very, very happily uh, happy. And I'm constantly reminded, like, where would this team be without Ilya Samsonov, right? Like, this could have gone completely off the rails, and it did to an extent. I mean, the the, the sky is falling here to start the month of November, yet they're 4-4-2. Four, four, and two. They could be easily worse without Ilya Samsonov. So, yeah, I'm right there with you in terms of surprises. My surprise is the captain, John Tavares. Ten games, four goals, six assists, ten points. 
He's quicker, which I think is very, very notable. Hasn't been known for his foot speed in his career, even dating back to his days in junior. I covered him you know, when he played a handful of games for the London Knights. He wasn't known for his foot speed, even when he dominated at the World Junior in Ottawa. But I just think he's playing with more pace, more urgency. He's been reliable, which I think is a big word to use in Leafland right now, and it's very few and far between. And he stood out, and he's been a power play machine. So uh, my surprise so far through 10 games, John Tavares has four goals. All have come on the power play. And quite frankly, you know, I think Tavares and Samsonov by far have been the biggest surprises or standouts, if you will, of the early season for the Leafs. That's how slim it's been in terms of picking. So I've been really, really impressed with both. Disappointments, Rosie, and I'll go first. I think it was easy to pick Marner or Justin Hall or to an extent Pierre Engvall. So I went sort of off the board. I'm taking Rasmus Sandin. 10 games, three assists. To me, it was just sort of a big, you know, saga situation for nothing, the contract holdout. And then eventually he just caved, right? The injuries and the pressure, I think, internally from the teammates. And I think this is your classic case of trying to catch up after missing significant time in training camp. I just don't think he's looked like the same player. And it's unfortunate because the Maple Leafs have needed somebody to step up, certainly in the absence of Jake Muzzin. And right now, it just hasn't been Rasmus Sandin. Who would, who would your uh, disappointment be so far? Yeah, no, I agree with you. Sandin's just kind of, he either hasn't been there or you notice him standing out uh, in a negative way. Um, obviously, yeah. his pocket was picked there for a crucial goal there. Uh, last game against the Ducks, it seemed like he just it, he just didn't notice a guy was on his hip right there and was pretty lackadaisical last man back with the puck. But I know what you're saying. He's trying to play a little bit of catch-up, missed a lot of time. It, it's kind of funny with a guy that's holding out on a contract. You're not there. Your teammates are are doing their thing together, and you're just kind of sitting there twiddling your thumbs. Kind of, It's kind of a almost a guilty feeling waiting for the yeah. to get your contract and then to come in late and you know it's it'd be nice if he got off to a good start but I agree with you he's a little bit lagging so we'll see what he brings in November but my picks Pierre Engvall um he's just he's frustrating me man and I haven't followed the team as closely as you have in the past few years but I leave myself wondering what does this guy bring to the table to be in this league and to be on this roster and to have, you know, a two and a quarter million dollar salary. Every guy in that league does something extraordinarily well to be in the NHL. And I'm sitting here trying to figure out what that is with Pierre Engvall. Like, can you highlight to me what what it is that he does extraordinarily well just to be in this league, let alone command a two and a quarter million dollar salary? I wish I had the answer for you. All I can tell you is that analytically speaking, his numbers have looked good. But I can tell you this season, they haven't looked good. And he continues to crack the lineup. So I wish I had a better answer for you. Because I, I think you're so bang on. Like, the guy's 6'5", but he plays like he's 5'7". So it doesn't really make sense, does it? Yeah, he's one of, he's one of those guys that uh, he is big. And it's almost like if you're going to be that big it's almost like a hindrance to you if you don't use it. You know, you might as well be a little Johnny Goudreau who just buzzes around the ice and as fast and, yeah. and compact as possible. The, the reason being big is you can outmuscle guys, you can get to the puck first, you can use your body to protect the puck, you can crash, you can bang. He doesn't do any of that. So in my mind, his size is like hindering him because he doesn't use it at all. And, you know, he's been put in the press box this year. He's been healthy scratched. Um, you would think that he's got a bit of a wake-up call going on and he's going to, you know, really show an FU attitude of just emptying the tank every shift, every night, proving that, hey, 
I'm never going to that press box again. I'm way better than that. And he just hasn't. You'd think he'd show a little bit of urgency to prove to the management and to the coach that he belongs in this lineup and he and he deserves the minutes that he garners and and the salary that he garners. And I haven't seen that out of him. So I've been pretty disappointed with with him. And he stands out to me as as a guy that I just need a lot more out of in order to be satisfied. And again, the purpose of this show is not to just rip on guys every day, but I think sometimes you got to call a spade a spade. And I think in general, across the board, there's just no ur- urgency. Like it's, again, it's, it's very similar to me on a Sunday. I play beer league hockey on Sundays where I'm just out for a skate. And I tell the boys I'm here to pick up an assist, a goal maybe and carry on with my day. And I really don't care what the score is, but the problem is here, these guys are millionaires and a lot is on the line. There's a lot of stakes on the line. Um, you know, legacy, all that stuff. And they put out dud after dud after dud. And there's just no response. Like, Rosie, can you recall how many times in your career, and maybe you're an unfair example, because again, you just always brought the energy and pace. But can you remember the last time or one of the times where you were a health bomb and you came back strong the next game with energy? Well, yeah. And I mean, I got healthy a lot of the time and and you want to my my time in that league was constantly trying to prove myself trying to you know carve out a spot i was never able to get comfortable and you know take a season off or take a month off or take a game off or take a shift off um but to be honest with you everyone on that roster is constantly trying to mold your career mold your spot in that league garner you know more more minutes garner a bigger contract, garner a longer contract, um, carve your way out in that league and and make as long of a career as you can possibly have. No one is guaranteed an 18-year career in the NHL. You're constantly trying to get that. And when things aren't going well for you, like you say, the last thing I want to do is start ripping on guys and be this guy who yeah. just joined the media and now I just carve everybody up because no one's good enough for me. That That's mm-hmm. not my M.O., but when you start off with a season and a weekend that this team has, I'm not employed by the Maple Leafs. I'm not here to, to blow sunshine and exactly. rainbows and act like yeah. everything's fine when it's not. Hey, we'll make hay when the sun shines. When this team figures it out and starts rolling, man, we'll, we'll give nothing but praise. But this has been a bad, bad example. Everyone that doesn't hardly follow hockey is asking me because they know I do the show, what is going on with those Maple Leafs, man? And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, they are underachieving. And we're going to highlight that when when that's happening. But, you know when guys come in and and aren't performing and when things happen like get put in the press box you certainly think at least you're going to see the effort at least you're going to see them trying maybe things aren't clicking maybe they're not getting their chances and and things aren't happening for them but at least you think you would see that that effort and that energy brought and it is frustrating and it's concerning when a guy that you think would at least show you that isn't even showing you that and Engvall is my example of that you get put in the press box and you're a health bomb, you're probably going to have a little pissed off attitude the next game. And he just acted like it didn't even happen. So I want to see more, more of an attitude out of him. Like, Hey, I'll show you. And so far that hasn't happened. Tell you something. If there's a team not to pretend and be fake against, it's probably the Philadelphia Flyers, regardless of the fact that they're going to be in the back to back tomorrow night, you know, John Tortorella is going to have that team ready to play. And we transition Rosie to the outlook for November. And again, it's important to preface first and foremost. Last October, the Maple Leafs played nine games. They were 4-4-1 last November. Here's the kicker. Remember Jack Campbell went on that absolute terror and heater? They won 12 of 14 games in the month of November. So here's the breakdown. They have 15 games coming up, nine home, six away. 
Seven versus teams who made the playoffs last season. 13 versus teams 500 or better. They got two against the Devils, who are 6-3, and three, and three against the Pittsburgh Penguins, who are 4-4-1. Four, four, and one. So that's the astonishing thing from the month of October. It was a rather soft schedule, but things are about to pick up in a big way here, Rosie. Yeah, those numbers are outrageous. Like, look at that change. It's almost an identical um, yeah. October to what they're having right now. And then the tear that they went on, I mean, wouldn't that be nice if November they, they go and put those numbers up? But, um, you know, I wish their schedule coming down the barrel of November was like it was in October because, you know, as rough as it's been, they haven't had a tough schedule. I wish I could say that they were playing contenders every single night mm -hmm. and trying to find their way, and the timing was just kind of shitty for them. But they've been playing fairly soft teams, and like you just highlighted, it doesn't get any easier right now. But um, it's just it doesn't really matter to me who you're playing. It, it's what you bring because if a team like this brings their best, and I keep going back to that that Winnipeg Jets game, if you come out like that and and the team is just showing energy and and that that just that wave upon wave type of hockey where everyone's just on the same page it's very hard to weather that type of thing there's enough talent on this roster that when everyone's doing that they're going to be hard to beat no matter who they're playing but you know you look at that november they had last year to pull themselves out of a, a bit of a rough start i can only hope they do that again but um it, they got a lot of work ahead of them i, I I wouldn't bet that they're going to go on that kind of a tear, but all I want to see personally is them start to find an identity, you know, and play mm -hmm. like they're capable of. And I don't know, from what you've watched, have you seen enough of that, that quality hockey? It just seems like there's so much, so many holes in their game right now. And it, I think frustration is what I keep thinking of when I watch this team, because it's just like, you just know there's better there and they just have trouble accessing that. I think. Yeah, well, that's exactly it. I think it's just more so the opponents, and I don't have the opponents last October in front of me, but just the fact that it's Arizona, it's San Jose, it's Anaheim, it's these beatable games, and they don't even show up. Like, never mind, you know, play a strong, consistent 10 minutes, but for the most part, they're not even showing up. And again, we don't want to get into that conversation about the coaching or the GM, but like, it's a telltale sign to me where there's minimal response. I expected it all last week, especially after that Vegas game where they were a no-show. We gave them a mulligan. We gave them the benefit of the doubt because they were ripping in Sin City for like four or five days, but then they just come out flat and flat and flat. At which point you wonder like, what's going on behind the scenes? Like if you, if you throw back the curtain, is it Mullet, Mullet Arena behind there, right? Like, we're, we're, we're at that point with this team where they're just so inconsistent. And just show me you care. Like, lose with dignity, at least. And, and that's a big thing for me, too, is, like, how many losses they've compiled over the last couple of years where it's like they don't even – it doesn't even seem like they care. They just – they move on to the next game. I just want to see a bit of passion. Like, we, we say it's the passion that unites us all. I don't see any passion right now, Rosie. Yeah, I mean, the most passion I've seen is on Twitter, you know, where people care so much about this organization. And, yeah. you know, like you say, if you're going to lose, go down swinging. You know, if if you're just not, if you don't have it and, and your best isn't good enough and your just roster isn't capable of winning in this league, but you go down swinging, that's one thing. But yeah. this team is capable of more. And that's why I think you know, the fans and the people that really follow this team and have that passion for this organization have been frustrated because it's like, it's like you guys are 
better than this. And the majority of yeah. the games, you know, you look at their, you know, when they're hovering around 500, that's kind of like a the nice thing about it because it hasn't seemed like they are even there with, you know, like you say, they don't show up sometimes. And it's like, if, you, if you're just trying to find it and you're doing everything and throwing the kitchen sink at them and it's just not working for you for whatever reason, that happens and you can live with that when they go down swinging. But it's kind of like, I mean, that game in Anaheim, it, you could feel it coming. Everyone was just kind of like looking at each other going, uh-oh, is this yeah. happening? Uh-oh, there's another goal. Yeah. Oh, well, there's an, oh, they tied it up. Oh, thank goodness. They didn't, they didn't count that goal. Wow, we got away with one there. Uh-oh, they scored again. Uh-oh, we lost in overtime. They're just watching it happen. And you're almost yelling at the TV going, fucking do something. Like somebody <laughs> show me something. Like try to avoid this. And that's the frustrating thing. And again, I don't want to rip on the team, but they they know as good as anybody that they're on a skid. They haven't been good enough. They're losing to shitty teams that they should not be losing to. Teams that don't don't even come close to them as far as talent and and ability with some of their high-end players and as much as we pick apart this roster it is pretty deep they have the personnel to win a lot more games it's just a matter of finding that so like you say i hope behind the scenes they're doing things to address that and and yeah. i mean they are you know that in an nhl locker room they're doing everything they can to win and it's just kind of that Maple Leafs thing where they're trying to find a formula. And, you know, last year they went through the same start. And, like, you know, the thing that you just put up there, those statistics, they found it there in the month of November. So hopefully history yeah. repeats itself. But watching, I mean, you can tell me you've been watching the team for a long time. Yeah. What did they do? What did they do last year? Was it visible as far as finding that November vibe? I mean, like you say, Campbell no. stood on his head and we're getting goaltending right now when Sammy's in. So what did they do? What changed for them in November that you saw that, that really turned around that record? They just decided to start playing, uh, plain and simple. Um, I think the biggest thing I've noticed too is sort of the stretch passes from the D. Like they're not playing as a cohesive unit. When the Leafs are playing their game, they possess the puck a ton. And that's the one thing I've noticed the last little while. They're always chasing the puck, right? And and that's why it's been so weird to see because from a puck possession standpoint, the Leafs have been, you know, one of the upper echelon teams in the league, certainly under Sheldon Keefe. And it always seems like the opposition has the puck. And that and that stems from the giveaways. It stems from, you know, everything in between, the poor play, the poor positioning. And I think I just want to see this team play with a bit more pace. And we certainly saw that last November. By the way, we got to get that trademark on a on a on the Leafs Nation shirt. Somebody fucking do something because it's become a, a staple of this show uh the wrap-up is brought to you by our friends at points bet canada i took a big fat l yesterday but i did preface by saying i was not crazy about the card caroline ends up winning in the shootout whatever we roll on give me the over tonight six and a half is the number laying right now minnesota and the montreal canadians we uh, took the minnesota puck line last week i'm going to go with the over six and a half in this game Minnesota has played four home games. They've covered six and a half in all those. Plus, I want to put the Halloween hangover into the conversation too. And then on top of that, it's Minnesota's first game back after a five-game road trip. So maybe they're a bit loose tonight, Rosie. Yeah, I like that. For some reason, it feels like the overs are hitting these days. Um, I don't know why that is. But um, yeah, some high-scoring affairs. I think that young Montreal team's got some firepower. And they could be playing very loose. Um 
and firing all cylinders. I could see a 4-3 game easily. So, yeah, yeah, let's get you back on track here with that pick. But uh, over six and a half, I like. So I do a betting show for the NHL and, and that umbrella. And uh, we did a show yesterday with Michael Leboff of the Action Network. And he went on to say that the over has been hitting 47% of the time. So there's your statistic right there. But as we know, more times than not, teams really settle in in the month of November. And you know this being and actually playing in this league back in the day that October is just a goon show. It's an offensive heavy month. And then you get into November, everybody starts to chill out a bit, eh? Yeah, yeah, that's kind of a thing. I mean, everyone's going through their systems and getting used to, you know, the new structure of, of whatever that team is. It doesn't matter if it's uh, the similar team, similar coach, whatever. Everyone's kind of got a new plan going into a season. So October is definitely a feeling out type of month where, uh, you know, you're getting used to new players, new personnel, new systems, new structure. You're trying to fix what you didn't like last year. And yeah, October is kind of a feeling out month. So people should be settled in here in, in November and start to understand what they're doing for sure. But uh, yeah, looking for um, for you to heat up again. You were you couldn't miss there for a while. And what do you, no. you missed a couple coming down here? I'm, I'm not Friday ready to and say Monday. I'm not yeah. ready to say you've cooled off, but uh, you need one. Yeah, I, I yeah, exactly. It's like comparable to being like on a, a four game stretch where you haven't picked up a point. I'm in dire need of something tonight, even even a plus one or something, you know? Perfect. I, I like it. It's coming. I like the uh, yeah. and you took the over, correct? Yeah, over six and a half Minnesota like and it. the Montreal Canadiens. Let's wrap Rosie again coming up tomorrow. We're going to have an extensive preview. Um, Toronto and the Philadelphia Flyers from Scotiabank Arena. I could only wonder the reaction in that building if that game goes south, considering, I mean, I think they should be screening for egos at this point. Well, Remember that? Were you there for that? Yet. No, I wasn't. Um, but I've seen some stuff. I've seen some... Uh, some booze i haven't seen any jerseys thrown or bags over the head like like Not it's yet. happened but it was funny last yesterday my wife came home from the store and had paper bags for whatever reason and i didn't really uh have a, a costume in mind yet that anything other than my typical going out hunting thing but uh i thought to myself i could go dig a jersey out of the closet and throw that on upside down but i actually hate that shit. i i didn't uh i didn't actually didn't actually think about doing it because I hate that when a team and I try not to be that guy, but yeah. you know, yeah. following this team is frustrating, but I am a Leafs fan. I, I want this team to do well. And I take heat for that out West here because they're yeah. easy to, to rip on when you've got flames fans and Oilers fans and Canucks fans out this way. Um, you know, they're easy to rip on, on a, a Leafs fan, but uh, I want this team to do well. And I hate it when the fans and, and the passion, of that city and that organization just gets frustrated to the point where they're booing and chucking jerseys and wearing paper bags over their head. I hate that shit. And, you know, I'm pulling for this team and I want them to do well. And no, this wasn't the October they were looking for, but like you say, November's a new month and they have been capable of turning it around. So I'm, I'm optimistic and I'm, I'm hopeful this team's going to, going to make a mark on the league here in, uh, in November. So that's what I'm looking forward to. And again, I'm not, I'm not going to be on the wagon of tearing this team down every single night. I, I've got, uh, I've got optimism for him. What's your thoughts? You're a little more jaded than I am. And you've been disappointed by them for your whole life, basically. Right. So it's yeah, hard to yeah. do with this organization. 
We'll leave it at that. A bit of a tease for tomorrow's show, my perspective moving forward. Because again, we're just 10 games into this season, but we've seen this rodeo way too many times in Leafs Nation. So it's a Leafs and Flyers on Wednesday night. We'll talk then. Remember to subscribe, smash that like button, leave us a review. For Jay Rosehill, I'm Nick Alberga. Thanks so much for listening. Take care. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 